design is tough because not only was I looking for a job, but you also have to prove that you have talent. And if you don't align with the company's brand or like if you get an interviewer that doesn't really like your style, can like your personality, but if they don't like your work, then you're <laughs> should have luck. In today's episode, I'm going to sit down with Michelle Coyle, the founder of Beach Team Marketing. What I learned from her is that the best social media marketing agencies are not paying for leads. Why? Because they did enough networking so that everyone in their local area are coming to them and they don't have to seek out for advertisement. But I'm going to talk to Michelle about networking and how she has built her career from a freelance graphic designer to a full-on agency owner. Let's get into the video. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I'm very happy you joined my podcast. You were a designer. You were doing a lot of designs and you kind of come from a creative background into digital marketing, mm -hmm. which I found super empowering because they... People think digital marketing is only for people who are like number smart and so people who know photography and things like that. But you come from a different creative background. Yes, my background is actually in graphic design. And so I feel that when I'm doing marketing, I also want to make sure you look good too. So that's also really important. When I first started out when I first graduated. I actually ended up in the wedding industry <laughs> and I wound up doing custom wedding invitations. So I got to do my fun design work as well as be crafty at the same time. And I got my first taste of marketing because the business I was working for went out of business within the first year that I worked there. Oh yeah, and, because of COVID, right? Oh, wow. uh, actually not COVID. So this was actually back in 2008 when like the housing crash happened, a lot of people were losing their jobs. And I kind of had a, I had a pivot twice, basically in my career, COVID being one of them, pretty crazy. But those brides that the company wound up screwing over wound up being my first clients. And I was a self-taught marketer. So I had to learn how to market my own wedding business. And when other wedding professionals saw what I was doing, they were like, oh, can you do that for me? And I kind of built up my portfolio that way. A lot of it was, again, foundational marketing where we would do email blasts. Hey, what can you do organically? Going to bridal shows, all of that. And pay strategies came later on. But back in 2020, when COVID happened, I couldn't do weddings anymore. I had to, of course, pivot a little bit. And I was like, okay, let me go back to graphic design and freelance. I wound up working for a social media company for two years called Out Loud Social Media. And I basically helped run the business, which was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. I really fell in love with social media and we would come up with strategies, copywriting and graphics for our clients and schedule it all out for them. So it really helped me understand the organic approach to marketing as well as doing reviews but I was always feeling like there was a little piece missing where people are like, well, what's next? What else can I be doing? And I thought, oh, that'd be really cool to offer one day. Uh, unfortunately, last year, the company had to close, but I decided, you know what? I'm just going to offer a full menu of digital marketing because I have a really strong belief in customer service. So I would love for someone to come to me and say, hey, Michelle, like, I need help with this, this, and this. I'm like, you know what? I'm your girl. And even if I'm not the expert in something, I know someone who is. So it's really important to have that network of people that are experts in something else that you may not be 100% of an expert in. I have so many questions here because uh, obviously you 
pivoted your business twice in your career and mm -hmm. due to like external stuff that you had nothing to do with. Plus, uh, you've mentioned how you're finding clients and like how you are an agency owner now. So first, uh, I'll start with kind of pivoting your career. I recently read an article like so, so many writers, I don't know how many exactly, but writers do get laid off because of ChatGPT is now. Um, now very very popular you also had to change things but you still stayed in marketing but like how do you see this problem where you know a robot is is kind of doing 80% of somebody else's job as an adult they they get laid off you know interesting I get this question a lot and I have a really cool analogy that you can share with people so it's all about how, pretend you're in a kitchen, right? You're in this, and there's Gordon Ramsay, right? And you're going to cook with him, right? And you're in a kitchen, oh, no. all the same ingredients, right? And you're in the same kitchen, same stove. The whole environment is the same. If I'm going to cook a steak and he's going to cook a steak, whose steak would you eat? Right. Right. So I find that we had to think of chat ggp like a little bit of a different way where it is a tool and a way because we also have to know how to use it and how to prompt it correctly and that's going to be very important going forward so i think that for those who feel like oh i'm going to lose my job well just think of how you can market market yourself differently to show your value Yes, maybe you'll use it as a tool and maybe as a brainstorming tool, but I think ultimately in the end, you can still get your point across and be that creative writer that you are, if that makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's true. I also advocate for companies to literally teach how to use AI or like have somebody who is really nerdy and then do a prompt engineering in, within the company to help these writers because it's not, I don't think it's fair to like let go of writers. Um, I do agree, like you should let go of like writers who don't want to improve themselves. Mm -hmm. And yeah, ChatGPT is like perfect. But there are writers out there who, who really love their profession. And if they just kind of try this tool and kind of learn it or even prompt it, you know, then, so then they get even, ahead so much faster. Yeah, uh, you actually bring up a good point. My husband, who's actually in the job market right now, he sees a lot of job uh, postings out there for prompt engineers. So I think what people need to do if they want to go after a career in copywriting, they need to think of that because prompt engineering, it's also like creative writing, like how to think of a topic differently to get chat GTP to come up with an answer that you want it to. Uh, yeah. I would say as a creative, messing around with some AI that uh, like text to image, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in that space. But I always try to think, okay, how can I prompt this differently in order to get the image that I'm going for? And I would mm -hmm. say it's probably the same as writing because it's also another creative avenue. Yes. Yes. Uh, I haven't tried text to image. I really want to know that. Maybe after this call, I'll, I'll get into it. <laughs> How did you get into paid ads then you know, later in your career? Well, I dabbled in paid ads a little bit when I was trying to market my own business because I wanted to take it a step further, but I also didn't really know anything about it. And I think this is also important when you're trying to either grow your business or become a CMO is 
hire a coach, hire someone or take a course where they know something more than you. And this course that I took was actually specific to the wedding industry, which is really nice. Yeah, it was very niche. And it was all about running Facebook and Instagram ads for your wedding business. And it was really great because I got to, uh, it was all about testing because testing is really important. And because of what we, what I do is creative, I had to test different images that had to do, do with different seasons and color, uh, something that will grab their attention in under three seconds. And then also testing that with different copy as well. So we would wind up running maybe like 10 different ads. And then after a week, turning off the ones that aren't working. So it's all about testing. But that's why I really, what I really love about digital marketing, as opposed to print ads, which I have dealt with in the past, where they're like, oh, we just need an ad for this magazine. And there's really no way to measure how you're getting your ROI on that. So digital marketing really helps narrow down, okay, who am I really targeting? What messaging is working? And what visuals really grab attention? Great. And now that you have both creative background and both paid advertising background, like when you came up with the agency, what is the specialty? So could you talk about your agency a little bit? We go deep into social media and review and reputation management. I have a lot of business owners that are just like, I'm so busy and I don't have time for the day to day. I know that my digital presence is necessary and I need it, mm-hmm. but I need someone to do it for me. And it's cheaper to hire an agency to do it than to hire someone full-time, you know, as a salary employee. So that's what I do. I plan out their entire month's social media. Usually I get what I need from the company, any assets I need, but we follow their branding guidelines. If they don't have them, we'll create them for them. Templates to use. We'll come up with a strategy every month, even hashtag research. And then we'll schedule it all out for them and give them monthly reporting just to show them like what platforms are performing the best. Because that's also another thing. You don't need to be on every platform. You just need to be on the platforms where your audience is hanging out. And a lot of companies don't understand that. They think they need to be everywhere, but we really hone in and figure out, yes, where is your audience hanging out? Especially with the younger generation coming up behind us millennials, they want to find out, let's say they want to go uh, find out where they want to eat for dinner. I know that Instagram is a big one, or even if they wind up using Google, they want to see a website. They want to see a menu. They want to see, oh, does the food taste good? So they'll look at reviews. You need to make sure you're hitting all those touch points. After about three months, then we talk about paid strategies. Okay, now that we've built up organic trusts in your area, now let's open up the floodgates and drive traffic to your website. It, it works out really well. We run two different ads that we like to call billboard ads, which is kind of like a broad audience ad, you know, kind of like what you're seeing on the highway. This helps us learn what type of audience reacts to the brand. And then we do boomerang ads, which is retargeting ads, which bring them back and yeah. saying, hey, you really like our stuff. Why don't you come check us out? Or here's a coupon just to get them back in the door. I love that. As you may know, someone needs to be exposed to a brand maybe seven times before they want to buy something from you. And a lot of companies don't understand that. They're like, oh, I just want to throw up an ad. And I was like, well, there's a little bit more involved. And I like to educate the customer on that 
and stay in communication the whole way through too. If you listen to this far, I would like to thank you for listening to this episode and please give us a review because all of the reviews mean so much for this starting podcast. If you like and enjoy the show or if you have any improvements, please let me know on Facebook or you can email me through my website. Now let's get back to the video. Okay. So basically what you do is that uh, I'm trying to summarize it for our listeners and for myself too, is that you are first of all, trying out different uh, social media platforms. And before you try those platforms, have you already build up like a bunch of content around mm-hmm. the person or the, or the restaurant or the company? Mm-hmm. And then you test it out organically first. And then you run the ads, which are probably split testing. Do you mm-hmm. do split testing for uh, the billboard ads too and the boomerang ads? It depends on the brands. Usually if we're running ads for the first time, we'll just do a broad blanket ad. And then I do have a partner that knows a little bit more about ads than I do. So we usually set it up and then I bring her in to kind of take a look at everything and see how we can optimize it. And she knows a lot more about that than I do. How do you, um, I know that a lot of agencies struggle sometimes to find leads. And do you have any issues with that or because you have, organic ways to find clients is not really an issue for you saying i use a crm that actually has some funnels built into it i have a couple of freebies one is a google my business profile lead magnet where there's a like a free ebook that shows you how to set up your google my business page same with apple business connect and i also have a freebie that talks about how to plan your first month worth of social media but I actually don't have any of those ads running just because person-to-person relationships are so important. I've actually had all my leads coming through through word of mouth. And I find that the important part to that is just providing value anytime you're going out. For example, I was at a chamber of commerce meeting one day, it was a luncheon and I was sitting next next to a guy who was in construction and that's a great industry for paid ads and everything. So I got to talk to him like, oh, well, what are you doing now? What's working for you? I like to give as much advice as I can. And he said, oh, well, we're redoing our website right now. And I was like, oh, well, if you want me to take a look at that when it's done, I'd be happy to. About four weeks went by, I wound up seeing him at another event and I asked him, I'm like, oh, hey, Jeff, like, how's it going? How's that website going? Uh, you know, did it launch yet? And he's like, oh, Michelle, I can't believe you actually remembered that. You know, so it's those little things that you remember and the people that you meet, it's, you know, really important to, you know, follow up and just try to form as many relationships as you can, because then they'll refer you all day. I also joined the Chamber of Commerce of Southern, Southern New Jersey, which has 1500 members. And in fact, I actually have a meeting later this week because I was meeting with the president of the chamber and she was asking me about social media and it's actually a great opportunity where she said, hey, I would love to talk to you about our social media and how we can improve and possibly bring you on board. So again, it's talking to people and making those connections, showing your face because the more someone sees your face and you know, I have like this red purple hair. <laughs> that's Which is pretty beautiful, purple. by the way. Thank you. (laughs) And 
you know, those are just really important. So I think at least once a week, I try to do something. The chamber offers in-person as well as virtual networking events, which is pretty cool. They do this thing called, um, it's like speed networking. So for five minutes, they'll like put you in a breakout room with someone. So it's like you're forced to talk to them, which is really cool. So I like to just make it lighthearted. I come up with like a, you know, 20 second commercial about me, just like touching on like one specific thing. This way you're not talking their ear off about, oh, I do this, I do that. You really want to make it about the other person and learn as much as you can about the other person. That is fantastic. First of all, I want to congratulate you for all your new connections. And it sounds super, super exciting. Thank you. Uh, I think that, I mean, I haven't seen you for, I don't know, two months and then so many new things happen to you. Yeah. I know it's it's been a roller coaster, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited. You mentioned that uh, you also specialize in reputation management, which is like I think is borderline as social media and PR, right? Mm-hmm. Or it is the both combined. Well, but could you tell us more about that and why you do it? Do it. Yeah. So especially in 2023. Reviews are very important for businesses. In fact, when you Google a business, you can actually search by reviews now or yeah, rate it by review. Search by review, I think that's what it is. When a business comes to me and they're again saying, hey, Michelle, we want to run ads. I actually do like a whole report card on them. I do something called a playbook. I'll do a deep dive not only on their business, but also their local competitors. And I'll actually show them why either ads are a good idea in the moment or a bad idea. Because if they run, let's say Google ads and there's a sponsored ad and you have maybe five reviews and maybe it's like a four star, but your competitor, you know, down the road has 30 and it's like a five star or 4.5 or something, then, you know, who are they going to go with or at least call first? So we got to work on that a little bit. And what that looks like is... We, if they, the customer has a database that helps a lot because we can actually take that list and ask for reviews on their behalf, because a lot of times business owners are so busy, they don't have time to go out and ask for reviews. But of course we're not blasting them all at once saying, Hey, leave us a review because you gotta be careful because Google will flag that. And then they'll shut your account or freeze your account. And then no reviews will post. So you gotta be careful with that. And we know how to do that in the correct way so that your reviews start to steadily climb. So it's usually a six month commitment where we take care of your reviews and reputation management, but then you also wanna take some of those reviews and highlight them on social media. So again, we take their branding, we'll put like the quote from the customer and who, who it's from and just say a little something like, oh yes, we love customers. Love when customers give us this great feedback. And you also wanna make sure that when someone is leaving a review, that you respond to that review. Also, the last part of the review management is if they had a bad experience, we have something called a negative review capture where a form will actually pop up and say, well, hey, why don't you tell us what happened? Maybe we can fix it and actually get sent to the owner, uh, which is great. I mean, they can still bypass it and leave the review anyway, but it's just like that one extra step where all right, you know what, if they really want to try to fix it before I leave a bad review, I'll do that. And we also want to make sure, depending on the industry that they're in, Google's not the only place where you can leave reviews. So in the construction industry, there's uh, Angie's List or Yelp. If you're a realtor, there's Zillow and realtor.com. There's 
all these different places you can leave reviews. So if someone wants to leave a review and they click the button review now, a pop-up will come up where it'll actually show the different platforms they can leave a review on. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. The customer actually gets to choose. Very cool. Do you also do these reputation management for like very important like CEOs or founders or anything like where they want to protect their personal brand or anything? Oh, I would love to do that. I have I don't, I don't currently have a client like that, but we could certainly do that. Anyone with a uh, customer database and it has a Google My Business page, we can certainly do that. Yeah. I was thinking about reputation management in, a, in terms of like personal branding, because like now that AI, you can generate images, you can generate by voice and and mm-hmm. stuff like you can probably create a, I don't know, mini video where Emma Watson is saying something extremely outrageous, right? And it's not her doing it. So mm-hmm. I see a future like that. It's a very dark future, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people will be using that, that stuff too. I don't know if they would go after like individuals in the normal life and not celebrities, but I always think of that too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know how I would navigate that. That's a little like, whoo, a little scary. I know, right? It, it is mm-hmm. scary, but wow. We, gonna, we live in a weird world. <laughs> I know. And sometimes I think, you, because that's another, you bring up a good point about personal brands, you know, because if you're talking about business coaches, uh, yeah, life coaches, you know, there, or even, even realtors, I would say have a personal brands and it's something important to build up on social media and online. But yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. And I've actually struggled with this myself as a business owner thinking, well, I could just stay behind the scenes, network locally and just be a rock star with my current clients or do more things like this and have great conversations and try to inspire others and the younger generation to get into marketing. And, uh, you know, I struggle with that sometimes just because AI could take my face and my, <laughs> my voice. And, and it's like, no, I didn't say that. I don't know what you're talking about. It is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I 100% agree. Like we don't have to do everything by ourselves and like building teams is like another skill. How many of you guys are in the agency right now? Mm -hmm. I have a project manager because that was a hat I really needed to take off and try to get someone in to help me organize everything. I have another graphic designer, which I still like to be involved in the graphic design day to day because once I get this machine up and running, I would love to get back into design and help out in the design part. And I also realize that even with chat GTP, I realize I need a copywriter as well. So I have someone that part-time helps me with copywriting for my social media clients. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you guys mostly write for socials. What, what, channels all of the channels or it depends on client or I guess specialize in Facebook Instagram only most of our clients end up on Facebook Instagram and LinkedIn LinkedIn's been really big especially uh, for our clients that are b2b uh, I feel like LinkedIn's very underutilized in, in many ways especially when it comes to businesses so we want to make sure they're showing up there as well but involved with that is hashtag research and you know there's rules for the different platforms so you know you really shouldn't be putting hashtags on facebook for example because you want them yeah pointless yeah exactly and i mean i would even say like there's just so much out there 
saying like, oh, is our, our hashtags working? Are they not working? But it's like, it's also not hurting. So we still do it anyway, even though I feel like we hate it, right? <laughs> I would love a better solution to that. How do yeah. you do hashtag research? I didn't really dive into that. Is it like keyword research? But I don't know how to measure difficulty. Anyway, so could you like briefly walk me through? There's a, a website that we use called besthashtags.com. So it's best-hashtags.com. You know, we put in a hashtag or maybe like three or four hashtags that we are thinking of using and actually spits out the most popular hashtags as well as like the second most popular. You don't want to just like copy and paste that and toss it in, but um, you want to use a good mix of popular, um, maybe like middle of the road popular, but also local hashtags, especially for local businesses. So there's like a mechanic that is a client of mine down here in South Jersey. So I'll actually use the town name, you know, uh, mechanic or, you know, New Jersey auto body or something like that. So you want to use a mix of those and the rule. Um, I know that there's a limit where you can have 30 hashtags for Instagram, but they're saying try to use 10 or less. It changes all the time, but that's why my clients have my agency where, you know, it's up to me to keep on top of all those rules. <laughs> I see. I see. I'm, I like to play around with LinkedIn nowadays because I see that LinkedIn also has a lot more reach compared to uh, Facebook or Instagram. And uh, I see that I don't know what's your opinion, but my opinion right now is like LinkedIn looks like Facebook uh, maybe five, seven years ago. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm like, yay, this is cool. <laughs> Cause, uh, but also at the same time, like a little bit like Twitter because uh, it really, really does matter how you write the copy and stuff. So yeah, I, like, I really like playing around with LinkedIn. Yeah, that's great. And LinkedIn has ads. You can do LinkedIn ads as well, but they just run a little bit more expensive. So we have a, a recruiting agency that is one of our clients and they're currently running LinkedIn ads because that's what they're doing. They're trying to recruit people to, you know, switch jobs. So that, mm -hmm. that's perfect for them right now. Have you worked with CMOs uh, directly as an agency? Yes, as a freelancer. Okay. Uh, I worked with a CMO who... Uh, this was actually for a dental plan uh, uh, company. They, they sell dental plans to dentists. And I did a lot of, it was a very, it was a very strict brand. So doing graphic design for him was very tedious, very, uh, you had to follow the guidelines like to the T, which was really interesting. When, but what's also interesting is when I started all of this, I asked them, I said, Hey, you know, I see what you do for this brand. And I've been like slowly like hinting at the fact that, like, hey, I would maybe love to help you with digital marketing because CMOs could do that. They could outsource certain things that they can't hire in house for. We actually worked, uh, when I worked for Out Loud, uh, we actually worked with two CMOs, one for a bank. And I forgot the other one. But again, they couldn't hire someone full-time to do all their social media. So they hired us yeah. and took care of all that for them. Awesome. Um, I asked this question because like 
if anybody wants to be an aspire, a CMO one day, like it would be awesome to see what is it like to be one, but what is it like when somebody else is working with them? So like, what are the expectations and like, what's the communication like? I am personally very interested too, because it's really cool to see the two sides of the coin. Say, you know, communication is key. If you are able to, if you're a CM, CMO and you're trying to bring on someone that's going to help you, just make sure that they are able to, yeah, get into your project management system, whatever you have. Uh, we use Asana here in my agency. This way you can have clear expectations. I am also all about meetings that can be emails, you know, like I don't like to waste time on anything. Let's just get to the point. Here are the guidelines. And, you know, you're this person reports to that person. Maybe we'll just have one quick meeting once a week. So it's just all about communication and setting due dates and, you know, what you need to do. Yes. So yeah. What are the, what is the one thing that you would change if you were in your early twenties to get a successful earlier or something? Because I'm a creative and I was so stuck on the, the design aspect of things. I wish I pushed myself a little bit more to learn more about marketing because it changes all the time. I would say, oh, I can learn a little bit of this. And then I thought I was okay for a while. But no, like it constantly changes. And also getting off my computer and my phone and going out and networking more. The social media company that I worked for was actually down in Florida. So all of our clients were down there. So when the company closed, here I am up in New Jersey and no one knew me. Since I have two young kids and my husband, you know, works full time, I was like, well, I need to really get out there and push myself out of my comfort zone. And sometimes I wish that when I was younger, when I had more time, because <laughs> I'm a busy mom, <laughs> it would have been nice to get all that networking done when I didn't have kids and still have energy at the end of the day instead of crashing. <laughs> so I see that's what I would recommend. Part of me also really wanted you to be on this podcast because you are so hardworking. Like being a mom is, is like no joke, right? And you still run your own agency. And I want people to like see that and know that like it is possible for women to, to do all, you know, and do it well. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. Seeing that you're a lot of highs in the story but I know that behind every successful moment are like ones that are not so successful or very painful and how did you overcome those design is tough because not only was I looking for a job but you also have to prove that you have talent and if you don't align with the company's brand or like if you get an interviewer that doesn't really like your style then you know they can like your personality but if they don't like your work then you know, your shit out of luck, basically. And I just felt like when I graduated and with COVID happening, I just felt like I just kept getting knocked down, you know? <laughs> it's like, here I am, I'm just trying to work and do my thing and do what I love. And one thing I didn't really mention was when I was running my uh, custom wedding invitation business, I also wanted to get off the computer because I love to draw and paint. And I found a company where we did custom, we did uh, mobile paint parties. And I was like, oh, that's so much fun. It gets me off the computer. Yes, you go to someone's house or business and you take them step-by-step step through a painting. It was a lot of fun. But, but yeah, like COVID shut both of those down. And even like, I really didn't know what I wanted to do 
it was just like a tough time for everyone. And I think like the biggest struggle was yes, being a mom because my husband works from home. So he was able to keep his job, which is nice. But that really was a hard struggle trying to balance having uh, a second grader on remote learning. And then I had my daughter who would usually have been in daycare and she's just running around the house all crazy. You know, so it was like a really hard time in the house. So I would say it also made me stronger because I was like, well, if I can get through this, I, I can get through anything. And so my super mom kind of kicked in where we created a COVID schedule. So we worked it around my son's remote school schedule. And we had like an hour and a half where it was quiet time. They pick a spot in the house or outside where they read or play a game or something. And that was at least my time where I could sit down and maybe try to think through what I wanted to do next uh, or work on some uh, freelance project that I was maybe commissioned to do. But until I started working for the social media company, it was it was pretty tough to get through. Um, COVID really hit moms really hard. And yes, mm -hmm, it was a really, really hard time. But I would say it made me stronger in the end. Kids are out of school in 10 days. So now I'm bracing myself for that. So I'm oh hoping, God. I'm hoping that a lot of the systems and processes that I put in place in my business now will actually help me through that time where, so I could actually spend time with them because I'm doing this for them. I would love to spend more time with them, you know, go to the, you know, the school parties, kids, graduations, uh, there was like things like that, that I'm able to do because I run my own business and I know that things are be being taken care of in the background. So I can go do those things. Any last words for aspiring CMOs and entrepreneurs that now that you have reflected all the hardships you've gone through? Yeah, I would say learn time management, figure out like when you want to be working, because it's very easy when you're working in your home to want to work all the time and you need that break. Yeah. You may think that you want to keep pushing yourself, but even if it's just a half an hour, go for a walk and come back. It's so much better. Uh, so my business is Beach Tree Marketing and that's with two E's. So beachtreemarketing.com. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, but it's my name, Michelle Coyle. Amazing. So I'm going to link all the connections down in the show notes. And uh, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank yeah, you, Michelle. Thanks so for much for having me. me. This is so great. I hope I helped someone today.